Hello and welcome to the 9-11-2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is absolutely awesome to have everybody here with me today, and of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. So, um, when I introduced the date on this podcast just a couple of seconds ago, um, it said the the numbers or the date nine eleven. Of course, uh, as probably many of you out there, regardless of where we might live, that is certainly a day that most of us will never forget. And, you know, whether it's, whether it's you remember where you were at that particular moment, you remember what you were doing, whatever it might be, I know this, I know I completely remember what I was doing. And where I was, and ironically, <laughs> I was at home with my parents, not working, because I had just been let go from a job, an administrative position, in which I was messing around on multiple levels. And I don't even just mean physically and emotionally and just on every level that you could ever imagine with another co-worker. And like two idiots, by the way, she was not let go. I was. And I, I totally <laughs> took this story off track from 9-11, but I figured we might as well start on a good note rather than on a somber, sad note. Um, that was when I finally realized and learned that work emails are over a network. And everything you write and say and respond to and reply to is all able to be seen by other people. And it just so happens that uh, me and this particular woman were engaged in a situation that completely stemmed from the fact that I had mania. There's no other way about it. And I, and I don't have to get into details, guys. It was reckless. It was stupid. It was not okay based on the time frame in my life and my significant other at the time. It was just not okay. But I had no care in the world. What did it matter? So, you know, we don't care when we're in that state of mind. And Mr. Joe lived in that state of mind for I don't even know how many years. I couldn't even put a number on it. But regardless... That is um, where I was. I was in my parents' house at the time that I had heard the devastating news and, you know, spent the day up in my living room at the current, you know, currently at that time and watched as destruction took place in the city of New York, which is uh, very scary, very scary to think about uh, where we once were and where we are today in terms of you know, mass shootings, and oh God, you know, at one point back then, it was all about terrorism, and I don't want to say that's gone away, but I feel to some extent, we're not as worried as we once were about terrorism, 
because we have to assume based on the horrific events that took place on 9-11, you know, we as a world, as a nation, as the United States of America, have taken all the necessary steps to protect our country the best way that we possibly can. So I, I feel like we've done a good job as a country in respect to that, and I don't know from a political standpoint what I'm saying, so please don't talk to me about presidents and vice presidents and politics and, you know, I don't know anything. I'm going to be very honest with you. I know absolutely nothing. And believe it or not, that's one of the questions that I had gotten. We're not doing a Q&A today, but one of the questions that I had received, which was very interesting from somebody, was based on my political views about the president of the United States of America, what I think about him, and um, I got to tell you, I don't have enough knowledge, sadly, to really make any kind of a judgment call. I could base everything off what I hear in the media and then make a judgment, but I don't even pay attention to that nonsense either, because half of that crap usually is not true also. Now, it may very well all be true with our president. I don't know. My point is that in terms of a political standpoint or watching our country, you know, divide and conquer and, you know, be parts of different uh, political groups, I don't have any clue, guys. I mean, there are two things that I know nothing about. Okay, one happens to be about geography, and I probably shared this a million times that I'm geographically illiterate. I have no idea what a map is, what a map means, and where anything is located on a map. And the second part of what I know nothing about happens to do with politics, and I just don't care. I just don't care. But what I was saying was, you know, lately, at least from my vantage point, I don't worry about terrorism as much as I used to, and what I worry about now are mass shootings. And I see that it could be the most irrelevant, and that's putting it, that's a, not, not really a nice word, because, you know, no town, no city, no state is irrelevant. What I mean by that is the least likely, you know, the least likely school, the least likely location, the least likely movie theater, whatever it might be, they're all vulnerable. You know, the same rings true with terrorism, I understand that, but in terms of these mass shootings that take place, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible because it could happen anywhere. So these are some of the things that 9-11 has brought to my attention uh, in my current place of employment today. We made sure to do a couple of uh, moments of silence, which was great. Um, you know, it's good to acknowledge that kind of stuff, but, you know, with the same token... I don't get too into anything when it comes to, you know, world politics. Even the mass shooting, I've been asked before, do I think it's a mental illness issue? Do I think it's a gun issue? And I've had my stance on this for a very long time. I mean, I don't even know how... This is probably not going to answer the question, but I will tell you this. Give me a gun when I'm not medicated and I'm in the wrong state of mind and someone's probably going to drop dead. Okay? Now... Give me a gun when I'm medicated properly and I have no mood swings, no schizoaffective, no psychosis going on. I'm not even going to take the gun. I don't, I, I've never shot a gun in my life. I want nothing to do with a gun. I don't care about guns. Um, you know, I'm just not interested. Again, you know, you're talking about two different levels in the brain, so to speak, or mood levels. One in which, you know, 
sure, give it to me. And the other one, no, I want no part of it. So does that answer your question? Probably not. Does it have anything to do with mental illness? I don't know. Uh, I tend to believe it's the most ridiculous argument that one can come up with. Like, what does being mentally ill really have to do with anything? Unless, you know, every single one of these people are mentally ill and not getting the help that they need. I could understand it from that standpoint, but... But... My apologies. Uh, I saw a co-worker. I don't know what you picked up, what you, what you didn't pick up, but uh, just a quick conversation there. So, anyway... I think we were talking about guns and mental illness and, you know, whether or not it's a gun control law. And all. I don't know. I don't have an answer, man. I don't know. All I know is if you put a gun in the wrong hands of a mentally ill person, somebody's getting shot, okay? Um, but with that being said, you know, I don't know a whole lot about gun law at all, but I do think that, you know, it's a little silly to be able to walk into certain places and just get a gun. But, you know, what do I know? I have no idea, guys. I just know that if I could choose peace across the land, I would certainly do that. Uh, but unfortunately, it just doesn't work like that. And for what it's worth, us bipolar people often add to the madness. I hate to say it. So anyway, what a day this has been in terms of the memories and 9-11. And I hope everybody out there is, um, you know, taking a moment. If you do have a loved one or somebody um, that you knew personally that was involved in 9-11, whether it was from um, Pennsylvania or New York or Washington, whatever it might be. I hope that, you know, you take a few moments today to think about that special person and say a prayer or do whatever you believe in um, and, you know, never forget. And I know that sounds cliche, but never forget. And I, even if you do want to forget, this world is not going to allow us to ever forget. So I think that's a pretty good thing. Now, if you haven't noticed by now, we have a tremendous drastic change in Mr. Joe's mood as compared to yesterday or the day before. I think I, I spoke with everybody the day before and I was terribly concerned about my psychosis. I was terribly concerned about the fact that I was exhausted, very lethargic. I felt like I couldn't move. But I feel as if, and I also don't remember correctly, as if I didn't necessarily complain wholeheartedly about being depressed. Um, well, let me tell you something, okay? I was depressed yesterday, and that's putting it lightly. And, uh, man, oh, man, I mean, it is just amazing how different a person can feel from day to day, or in some cases from week to week, or a month to a month, whatever it might be, when it comes to this dreaded disease of bipolar disorder. Now... I'm not looking for sympathy or empathy or any of those words. I'm not looking for somebody to, you know, play the violin and feel bad for me or for us. But, man, I am just going to say it. Bipolar disorder really sucks. It really, really does. And sometimes we don't even realize how badly it sucks until we're in that deep, dark depression. And I have to tell you guys, yesterday was probably the deepest dark depression that I've been in for quite some time. I actually remember I had done an early morning podcast the last time that I was severely depressed as I was yesterday, and I actually um, I started to cry on the podcast, and I apologized for it. Well, 
yesterday, guys. I didn't get a chance to talk to all of us, but uh, I was certainly observed in my home by my wife. And I have to tell you, there was one point uh, we, which we were at the dinner table. It was not dinner time. I had off from work yesterday, by the way. I had some very important doctor visits to take care of, one being the psychiatrist and the other one being a urologist. That's a whole nother ball game. We'll get into that at some point in time. But nevertheless, uh, being off yesterday, you know, I had a lot of time at home. And I believe it was lunchtime, sitting at the table. And my wife takes a look at me. And she just looks over at me and she goes, What is wrong with you? And I'm sure many of you have heard that line before, that phrase. What's the matter with you? What's wrong with you? And my wife doesn't usually present things in that manner. You know, if anything, she'll say, is everything okay? Do you need to talk? But she clearly knew something was wrong. And it surprised me that she presented the question like that because... Ultimately, when you ask me that question and I'm in the midst of a deep, dark depression, you're not going to get an answer that you like. And my answer back to her was, I don't know. I can't control it. What do you want from me? And then, of course, she became a little defensive. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong is what is wrong with you is very different. But clearly she was concerned about me. And what it came down to was I was terribly depressed yesterday. Um, yes, I was suicidal, absolutely. Um, did I plan any ways in which to kill myself? Absolutely not. Did I envision my pain going away if I was to take my life? Yes, I did. And I also envisioned the pain of others going away, such as my wife and my kids, and knowing that they never had to watch their father suffer any longer. Because I felt so horrible being there, but not being there. So how many times have we felt that, guys, around significant others or around our kids, which and where, you know, we're supposed to be happy and smiling and grateful and all of those things, and yet you're so depressed you can't figure out why. You know, all these things that used to make you smile and laugh, you want no part of. So you start to feel bad. You start to feel guilty. And my God, I even remember the last time I really felt like that. I was in the dead end of my old neighborhood. And I just kept saying to God over and over again, please take my life so I don't have to do it. Please, so that I could take the pain away from my children and have them no longer see me like this because I feel so bad. And that was kind of the place that I went back to yesterday. And that is scary, man. Um, the more I spoke... Even though I did lose track of my words, especially with my psychiatrist, the more I spoke, the better I felt. So being around people, believe it or not, did help yesterday during the Depression. Now, here is the million-dollar question. Mr. Joe, did you tell your psychiatrist about the way that you're feeling? And the simple answer is no. Simple. And it's embarrassing. It's something that I should be ashamed of. It's something that I have yelled at my audience for many, many times and insisted that you're always honest with your doctor. And, you know, keeping things out is still lying, lying by omission, obviously. And 
what I did was I decided not to tell my doctor, rather explain what I've been feeling from a lethargic standpoint, um, you know, the energy, and I refused to tell her that I was thinking that I wanted to die. I, I just didn't want to do it because, again, what does that mean? Oh, goodness gracious, your medicine's not working. Let's try A, B, C, and D and mix these together and swallow this one and that one. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So I made it through yesterday, and here's the crazy thing, which does not make this any more acceptable, the fact that I was not honest with my doctor is the fact that today, I can't even understand yesterday. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. I have no clue what went on. Because a person who feels this way today, whereas literally a switch has gone on, or off, whichever way you want to look at it, in my brain, I am completely 100% manic. And I'm not talking hypomanic, guys. I'm talking manic. So we've spoken many times about the elongated time in which many of us will spend in our depression and in our mania, whether it's years, months, weeks, whatever it might be. I have been grateful in the past that that does not happen to me anymore. Everything that I go through is relatively short-lived, and yet for some reason I can't seem to remember because when you're in it, you just think that it's going to last forever. And I really should have been cognizant of the fact that these things don't last as long as they used to. But based on the way that I felt, I just never saw myself coming out of it. I didn't. And then then the switch goes off or on, and here I am today presenting in front of three different groups, walking around, joking, laughing, you know, speaking without PowerPoints in front of me, making, you know, making everybody understand uh, autism. And, you know, you would think that I was doing this for 22 years, which I have been. Um, but if I was to do this yesterday, you would think that I never worked with the population of autism in my life because I could barely get the words out of my mouth. So go figure. Here I am today. The complete opposite, which, a.k.a. rapid cycling, um, don't have the mixed episodes. I will tell you, there are times when I'm manic and I say, you know, all of a sudden I dip down into a quick, quick, quick depression, then I pop back up. And, you know, we talk about the rapid cycling many, many times. Um, and uh, that's not what has been going on. It's been pretty straightforward, either depression or mania. Um, and it's been difficult to deal with. It really has. Uh, I will tell you this, in terms of psychosis, when we spoke the other day and I felt like something was coming on, I, I might have even said I was depressed. I don't even remember anymore, guys. But what I do remember is a couple of days ago, um, I, was, I was seeing some really weird crap. I really was. And I, I knew it all wasn't real, but it was very distracting. And, um, you know, that comes, becomes quite annoying. Um, but yesterday, with the psycho in terms of psychosis, with depression, and this is nothing abnormal for me, I actually experience none whatsoever. When I'm in that deep, dark depression, guys, I don't have any psychosis at all, as far as I know. It usually happens when I'm stable or I'm manic. Those are the times, and that's something you got to remember. I've done a lesson on this, or you know, a podcast, so to speak. Please keep in mind. 
that in order for a person to receive a schizoaffective diagnosis, and there's lots that need to happen, but most importantly, a person cannot suffer psychosis while in a bipolar mood swing because bipolar mood swings tend to produce psychosis based on the chemical interactions in our brain that either bring us up or bring us down. So it kind of goes along with the bipolar disorder. When you are completely stable, and you're not up, you're not down, you're just right there in the middle, and then you start to have psychosis. You see things, you hear things. Um, That is a good indication that you are schizoaffective and that's when it's scary guys it really is it's scary because everything could be going great everything's cool and then all of a sudden you see out of the corner of your eye something flashes or you see some person in a white dress or some silly little um, butterfly with large antennas I mean I spoke about this the other day these are some of the things that I've been seeing and uh, thank goodness they're not here anymore and thank goodness I know they're not real which is great but Um, when it happens, and for me, mostly it's been happening while I am in those stages of mania, so it wouldn't really count as psychosis. I I apologize, not as psychosis, as schizoaffective disorder. Um, But who cares at this point? (laughs) It's either happening or it's not. Do I care about a diagnosis really right now? No. I could care less what you want to diagnose me as. All I know is I'm a wackadoo, and I go up, and I go down, and I am up and down at the same time, and I see things, and I hear things, and I'm paranoid, and I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessive over things. I'm all those things that many of you are out there as well. And this time around, I don't have the answer as to why the switch goes on or off. In the blink of an eye, guys, sometimes we just snap out of it. I don't know how, I don't know why, I mean, clearly it has something to do with the chemicals, maybe a little bit less stress, Um, I could probably pinpoint a few things yesterday that really um, stressed me out, which probably helped result in the full-fledged depression that I had, but that's neither here nor there, what it comes down to, guys, is it is debilitating, it really is, we talk about anxiety and how that could be debilitating, let me tell you something, man, um, you know, and uh, depression, just as much so. I mean, it takes the li- the life out of you. I mean, I really list. Yesterday, I just couldn't function, guys. It's a, thank goodness I wasn't at work. Because I would have been worse than I was the day before, where I could not even find the words to speak. God only knows what I would have been like. And by the way, I just wanted to make it known, since I have been talking about work, I have decided... And I believe I told you that I uh, announced my disability to the Human Resources Department. Well, guess what? Um, the place that I work has about 200, maybe a little bit more, employees that work under one roof. And these are new people that I have been working with and training. And I have to tell you, just to cover my butt, in case I decide to overshare at some point in time, every single person in this environment regardless of their position or status, they know that I have bipolar disorder. And that's that. So (laughs) I don't really care anymore. I really don't. Now, guys, that's not me saying go out there and tell the world, okay? I think we all know that that is not normal to do. 
not something that would even be helpful necessarily, but for me, it's something that I had to do because I recognize I overshare constantly, and I said, you know what, I might as well just get this out in the open, okay? Especially if I ever look like a wackadoo, people understand why. So, um, you know, and I have to tell you, I've been received very well. It, it actually has prompted a great number of people to talk about their mental illness as well. You know, so exposure to our mental illness sometimes can have a positive effect. Uh, one thing I do know is probably about 95% of the population that I've been speaking to, that I revealed my disability to, they all get it in one way or another because they either have it or they know somebody. So they've seen things go on in their lives, and, you know, at least in this particular setting, it makes me very happy and proud to say that um, the stigma is not really here, and maybe that has something to do with the fact that we work with a population of autism, so we really have no right to do any kind of stigma, you know, things, you know, for lack of better terms, and that's maybe why they're more understanding. So for those of you who are working in, let's say, retail or, you know, um, I don't know, anything other than that has to do with autism or mental health, it may not be a good idea for you to expose. You know, we've talked about that, oversharing many, many times. But for me, it at least put me at ease. Now, what was the moral of the story in terms of this entire podcast? I don't know. I don't even have a title yet. I'm going to have to figure that out at some point. But I did want everybody to know that yesterday was a rough day. And today I feel better. Where this is going to lead to, I don't know. I will be reporting on it because there's a part of me that is concerned, thinking to myself, is this going to go any higher? But with that being said, I also, I own it, man. I could be over, I could power over it. I do believe that to some extent. I'm in control of it to some extent because of my awareness. So I'm not going to let it knock me down or knock me out. I'm just going to keep rolling along. And, um, you know, doing the best that I can. What else can we do, guys? I mean, really, as long as we're giving it 100% effort and we want to get well and we want to, you know, do better for ourselves and our lives, I mean, what more really could we ask for? There's really not much more that I could say. Um, but I will say this. Be prepared for things to change instantaneously and spontaneously when it comes to bipolar disorder because it's not easy. One day you're one way and the next day you're another way. And that's what the that's what the disorder is. It really is. And regardless of whether, you know, again, time frames doesn't really matter. We all for the most part experience the same stuff when it comes to our moods. And I will tell you right now that um my mood changed drastically overnight. And I'm hoping that I kind of level out here, stabilize a little bit, but I will certainly keep everybody in tune, in check, in mind, and I will make sure that I report on everything that I'm feeling. And uh, maybe at some point I could take and heed my own advice and be honest with my doctor. Uh, but then I say to myself, man, if I was and she put me on all this new medication, then I would have never felt the way that I feel today. Is that a good thing? No. But I tell you, I am longing for that manic feeling, and I'm grateful that I have it today. And that's also not something that I should be, um, you know, announcing to the world, although I'm announcing it to our audience here. But you guys get it, man. You know that it's very common for us to, you know, crave that mania, especially when we've just come out of a depressive state. So, anyway, 
As always, I uh, thank you for listening, and I ask that if you have any questions, you could always reach out by email, MrJoeBP at Yahoo.com. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at MrBipolarJoe. Now, if you are living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys again real soon.